Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about the ever-changing threat landscape. I'm speaking with James Lyon, the Global Head of Security Research with Sophos. James, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So here we find ourselves midway through 2016. At this point, how do you see the global threat landscape shifting? Well, I, I think there are, there are lots of interesting trends in malicious code and, and cyber criminal behavior at the moment. And, uh, you know, I, I frequently kind of stop by Sophos Labs and, and look at the latest techniques that the cyber criminals are using. And for me, I, I pull out two particular trends at the moment. The first one is, is really the continued mass prevalence and success of, of ransomware and, and cryptoware uh, generally. I mean, ra- ransomware has been the new favorite child of, of the cyber criminals, really taking over from fake antivirus those couple of years ago. Uh, we just more and more creative variants turning up all the time. What, what's also interesting about those, of course, is the, the way that some of the distribution mechanisms are shifting. For years now, we've seen cyber criminals ostensibly relying on, on browser-based exploitation, going after you know, the browser and plugins associated with it, Java, Flash, PDF. Of course, there's, there's still plenty of that in these, these exploit packs, but we're actually seeing the cyber criminals do some interesting things. A huge resurgence of, of document-based malware. So it's, it's feeling in some ways a lot like the 90s again. Um, I, I think that probably was the last time in the lab. I saw quite so many of those documents. And interestingly, many of them aren't using exploits per se. They're depending on the user to, uh, to make a couple of clicks and voluntarily deploy the malicious code through the use of much more high-end social engineering. Uh, and I, I think that's a really interesting new tactic from the cyber criminals deviating from the, the kind of stereotypical Nigerian banker 419 scam um, that, that many of us know and love to far more creative schemes that, that can really catch people off guard. James, let's talk about this a little bit. What would you say the cyber criminals are doing differently today than they were even, let's say, three years ago? Well, I, I think that the major trend here is, is really around more creative ways to make money from your data. I mean, with, with ransomware, you know, we're now seeing malicious code samples that, that, you know, literally hold your data to ransom on a computer system. And, and whether it's, you know, pictures of your firstborn child, the corporate accounts, you know, they're, they're relying on the fact that there will be important information there that, that, that you would value. You know, moving away from just the, the obvious types of data to steal, like credit cards and, and so on. So we're seeing a lot of ingenuity in, in profiting in general from the fact, that, the fact that people are putting more of their personal and business lives online. The other area is, is very much, is very much this, this higher quality social engineering, this, this use of document-based malware. Uh, and that's one that I really do think is catching a lot of people off guard. Uh, in particular, in, in the labs at the moment, uh, we're seeing a lot of invoices and, and payment remittance documents. Um, you know, people pretending to be suppliers, trying to fall in with routine documents that many business people receive day to day, um, and relying on the fact that people don't see those documents and, and that vector as as much of a threat. You know, you're not going to find that in the, the security awareness policies 
of lots of companies compared to being on the lookout for suspects, dodgy links and, and websites. Uh, so, so those are very much the two areas. And, of course, at the core of that, that ransomware and holding your data uh, to ransom on your own system is a pretty clever use of, of cryptography. James, I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But right now I want to talk a little bit about social engineering. I consistently hear from practitioners that they're seeing more exploits come through that lack a malware component but relies on social engineering. So talk to me a little bit about the shift you're seeing toward what you call a higher quality of social engineering. Right. If you go back because 12, 18 months, you know, you'd find that the by and large distribution mechanism was using exploit code. So relying on on vulnerabilities being present in software, typically the web browser and the cyber criminals would put together some nasty code that would trigger that fault in such a way as to enable the cyber criminals to silently deploy that malicious code in the background. So it often didn't require the user to do anything other than hit a particular web page. And even still, the most popular distribution mechanism is for the hackers uh, is, is sending that out via legitimate websites uh, rather than, you know, should we say, the more dodgy websites that have a reputation for uh, for being the source of malicious code. Um, now, a lot of these documents floating around um, that, that I've, I've already mentioned in these high-quality social engineering scams don't contain any exploit code at all. Uh, many of them are using Word macros or Excel macros, which, of course, have somewhat of a use in in legitimate business, and they're entirely depending on the user to click this little enable content button and almost, yes, please, I'd like to deploy malware. Um, And that's a a very simple approach, far more scalable than procuring these rather more technically challenging to write exploits, and very much depending on the abuse of, of human behavior and the gap between what users expect a scam to look like and, and what it actually does. James, let's shift from talking about the actors to the actions. What are some of the most successful crime campaigns that you're seeing today? Well, again, I mean, the, the market leaders here in the cybercrime industry are, are undoubtedly ransomware campaigns. Uh, but but even, even within those, all ransomware threats are not created equal. And, and it's very interesting to see how the cybercriminals are learning over time. Yeah, I, I, I think back to kind of sitting in, in Sophos Labs a few years ago looking at earlier ransomware samples. And I think it's important to recognize that ransomware, whilst it's so popular at the moment, isn't you know a new thing. It's, it's been around for many, many years. You'd see terrible uses of, of, of crypto where you know they failed to make some really basic implementation decisions, which led to it being relatively easy to, to break the encryption to extract the keys that were used to hold your data to ransom so that you, the, the user, could run a tool and get your original information back without paying. Uh, but over you know, the past few months, we've seen more and more examples of the cyber criminals correctly implementing this stuff and starting to use proper PKI models of encryption, ostensibly leading to a place where even with the mass computing power of, uh, of several intelligence agencies, you know, if your data does get encrypted, you uh, you really aren't going to be getting it back. So in, in many ways, it's it's moving to see some of the best practice for, for which a crypt- encryption can be used positively 
in, in these cyber criminal campaigns to, to, to do damage. James, certainly ransomware has been making the headlines in recent months, and people are responding to it. How have you seen ransomware mature in response to the attention that it's getting? Well, I, I think aside from the enhancements in you know, the, the, the cryptographic systems or, or their design, I think that there's also quite a, a heavy focus on anti-reverse engineering, so making it harder for people to unpick their malicious code samples and, and figure out how they work. Um, there's also been a lot of work on kind of network evasion and making sure that, you know, their command control channels back to the mothership in, in, in the sky or the cloud um, isn't detected. Um, so it's so a lot of little tweaks to, to professionalize their operations. Uh, we've also seen some, some really bizarre things, like um, the Tesla Crypt Gang, one of the one of the samples out there. Um, they they you know just all of a sudden one day put up a web page and said, "Here's the master key to decrypt all your files. We're sorry for the damage we've done, and we're, we're ceasing business." So we see here you know, cyber criminals throw in the towel, um, which was really bizarre, and I, I suspect maybe they were hot on the tails. Law enforcement are hot on the tails of them, and they decided to try and throw people off by seeking your operations. Uh, although that campaign is is actually alive and well once more. And so, so really, you know, ransomware is implementing many of the changes we've seen previous campaigns implement as they've grown more mature. And, you know, lots of new variations, and kind of the core of that is that that more proficient use of, of crypto. So talk to me about how Sophos has responded. What are you offering now to counter ransomware and some of these evolved campaigns you've talked about? Yeah, so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a ton of different things that, that we're doing here at, here at Sophos, and, and some of them I think are, are critical as a direction for the industry in general. First thing is targeting the exploits themselves. Whilst there may be a community of hundreds of thousands of new variants of malicious code a day, thousands of individual families of which ransomware is certainly some of the, the leaders, as we said, when you actually boil it down, it very often comes down to a very small number of exploit techniques or manipulation of the user um, that, that allows this to occur. Um, so we've been rolling in some, some wonderful new technology that focuses on thwarting those exploit conditions generically. And it's really powerful stuff where if you go back and take all the historical uh, exploits that allowed this stuff to be deployed, you know, without kind of updating the software, without running all these latest rules, um, it, it generically thwarts all of this stuff. Um, so that's one of the areas is kind of anti-exploitation. I think the other one is, whilst we talked a lot about encryption as a negative thing here with ransomware, we've been working a lot on putting up the boundaries around data using encryption as a positive. Um, so we've actually been using encryption capabilities to, to encrypt at the file and folder level so that as your data sits on your computer, it's encrypted at rest, you, you don't realize it's happening, and in the event some nasty code makes its way onto your system, we can shred the keys and make sure that the data sitting there is inaccessible to cyber criminals in anything but the, the encrypted form. Uh, package up with that, some new enhancements to automatically pick up things like ransomware based on the types of behaviors exhibited by, by malicious code. And we've got a wealth of, of really quite awesome new capabilities at, at Sophos to, to thwart these kinds of threats. As always, I'm sure they'll have some new tactics for us ahead and we'll be on top of it. 
You mentioned an operative word there, encryption. Been one of the hottest words of the year. We've talked about it politically. We've talked about it technologically. How are you folks addressing this whole topic of encryption? Well, for, for us, you know, encryption is, is a core part of, of effective data security. It's a core capability in, in terms of preventing you know, laptops that go missing on trains or cars or alike from being accessed by the average person that happens to pick them up. The bit that I'm really excited about is what, what we have in, in Safeguard 8, uh, where we've actually started encrypting data as it moves out to, to the cloud as well and encrypting it at rest on your computer. Um, so when you're sending those files up to unknown cloud service X, the data itself is encrypted, but you retain the keys. Uh, and I love that idea of kind of logically keep control of the keys whilst your data embraces this modern world we live in where information is hosted anywhere and you can't even say where your web servers might be at a particular point in time. Um, so, so I think there's a lot that can be done to, to you know, push on the deployment of encryption beyond the conventional use cases. Uh, and I'm really excited to see things like using encryption as a part of threat protection so if malware gets into the computer, you can limit the damage of the information that is accessed. I'm sure there's a lot more a lot more to be developed in that area yet as well. James, it's always a pleasure talking with you. I look forward to catching up with you later in the year so we can talk some more about the evolving threat landscape. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. I've been speaking with James Line, Global Head of Security Research with Sophos. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.